Hey, all Mark here. Today, we're going into the vault and pulling out the episode in which we talk about customer service strategies from Disney. This is an oldie, but a goodie. But before we do, I have a question for you. How many hats are you wearing? Bookkeeping, production, lead gen, sales, time management. The list is long, right? The problem is, of course, that you're either too busy or you lack the interest in some of these areas to do it all. Well, we've got a solution for you. Our Master Your Remodeling Business Workshop. You'll get the knowledge and strategies you need to take your business to a level of profitable success you never thought possible. This two-day event happens on March 7th and 8th in Baltimore and features multiple workshops led by industry experts and thought leaders. Visit MasterYourRemodelingBusiness.com to secure your space, save on pricing, and launch your company into greater success. Visit MasterYourRemodelingBusiness.com for all the details and the agenda. I'll see you there. Enjoy the episode. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Pete Blank, leadership and service expert and former Disney University executive. If you've ever visited a Disney theme park across the globe, you may feel that nobody does customer service like Disney. And although the execution is complex, the basic concepts are quite simple. Well, Pete's here to share customer service strategies from Walt Disney himself, so you can learn how to apply these lessons to your own company and enhance your levels of customer service. And we'll hear all about it in just a minute. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Howdy ho. How you doing over there, Mark? I'm doing great. All How are you? All the way on the other side of the studio. All the way over here. here. This is Can a you studio. hear me, 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 me? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so t- I've got a really great guest today. I'm very excited about it. You know, I know that... Disney is sort of a uh, love it or hate it for some people. I've always loved it. I've always been impressed. I love the cleanliness, I got to say. You I know? think there's a lot more love it than hate it out I there. I think so. Yeah. I think so. So to be able to talk to someone who has been in the midst of it for so many years, it's very exciting. Disney has long set the bar for service, experience, the whole nine, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody almost compares themselves If you're a business that's serious about business, you're comparing yourself to Disney, right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the, I have to say, one of the best roundtable summit meetings that we ever had was held down in uh, Orlando at the Disney Leadership Institute. Before my time. Yeah. It was a blast, though. The talent of the people there is mind boggling. We should should go again there. Yes. I have kids, too, so I can bring them along. Yes. That'd be great. (laughs) I'm sure they'd like it. So, shall we get started? We shall. Pete Blank has been developing leaders and improving service levels of organizations for the past 25 years, 13 with the Walt Disney Company and the past 12 in local government. He loves inspiring others with ways to enhance their organizational culture, and we're really glad to have him here with us today. Hey, Pete. Good morning, Victoria. Hi, Mark. How's everybody doing? Good. All the way from Birmingham, Alabama, eh? 
Absolutely. I, I, I don't, people don't tell me I don't have my Southern drawl. So I, I may throw a y'all in there. Ah, and, and that's, that's where that came from earlier. Ah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for being here and talking to us. I guess you uh, ran into Mark at a Milwaukee National Association of the Remodeling Industry. Um, Absolutely, event, right? that was yeah, that, that was a fantastic event. I loved uh, sharing some Disney information with all the all the guests and vendors there. And uh, Mark reached out to me and said, "Let's continue the continue the dialogue." And I said, "Absolutely, whenever." So really enjoyed spending time with all the remodelers there and all of the uh, guests and vendors. And it was it was really a, a well run event, and I, I really enjoyed yeah, it. They yeah, do it a great, great job there. So Heidi Ho, as Mark would say, to Milwaukee Nari. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, it. It's kind of interesting, the juxtaposition of your two big, long careers, Disney and then local government. So I'm, tell us, how did, how did you get into Disney and how did you get into local government and what are you doing in that realm? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, I grew up in Florida, which is mm. why I have the, the northern accent, if ah. you will. Because <laughs> down in Florida, we always say, well, we're really the north. <laughs> but uh, grew up in Florida and grew up uh, near Walt Disney World. And so I always knew I wanted to work there one day when I when I grew up. And so, uh, once I graduated college, I moved up to Alabama, met my wife here. And then we moved after a couple of years, I was a TV sportscaster. We moved back down to Disney so I could do my career down there. What happened after 13 years of just a fantastic time is uh, family started calling. So, uh, the aunts, the uncles, the in-laws, everybody lives in Alabama. And we said, we've got to move back to raise the kids around the other family. Uh, So we did. And the only job I could get at the time was working as a training manager or a trainer or facilitator, leadership development in local government. Mm. So my my whole idea, Victoria, was I'll do this for one year. And then I will get out of local government and go uh, do other things. And along the way, I found that I fell in love with local government. I feel like there's such a, and and everybody is touched by local government, whether it's, you know, people who fill your potholes or you go to the driver's license office, you've got to get your tags renewed and pay your taxes. And there's so much, I don't want to say dislike is too strong a word, but no one wakes up and says, Hey, I can't wait to go down <laughs> to the to the county courthouse today yeah. and, and have an experience down there. And so I thought, well, if I can stay here and bring some Disney magic to local government, uh, then possibly that kind of will finish out the second half of my career. So while they don't seem to go together, I've really enjoyed yes. the challenge of trying to bring the customer service model into uh, local government here in Alabama. That's awesome. You know, in, in our world, in the world of the remodeling uh, business owner or remodeling companies, one of the biggest differentiators is the customer service that's delivered to the uh, client, the customer service and the, and the customer um, experience. But yes. when talking about customer service, what, what are the biggest challenges that you see facing companies today? Um, there's well, one is speed and then two is expectations. So those are the two biggest issues in my mind. So when we're, when we're talking about speed, I'll tell you, technology has added everything to our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the holiday season just ended and I felt guilty, um, buying most of my things on Amazon. Um, that's, but that's the reality. And so I try to shop local when I can, but you just can't, um, you, you can't argue with speed. And you can't argue with convenience. And so I think, in fact, a friend of mine um, is down in Orlando, former Disney friend of mine. And I was just talking with her a few days ago. And she had a part-time job at a large book retailer down there. And she had to quit. And I said, why would you have to quit? And she said, well, it's because they were forcing sales, 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 sales so much that because we've got to stay in 
in competition with Amazon that they lost their customer service edge. And she's like, I don't like that sales part. I like building the relationships. And so I think what companies have to do when it comes to speed is you may have to reinvent yourself. You, I mean, rather than compete, you may have to have to reinvent. So speed is one of the biggest things. And the, the second thing I think is just expectations. Um, we now expect it to be fast, of course, but we also expect it to be clean and nice. And, you know, we are, you know, think about all your Disney resorts. Here's a great example. Your Grand Floridian resort is going to run three, four, five hundred dollars a night because you're on the monorail line. You're close to the Magic Kingdom. Your all-star resorts or your pop century resorts are going to run in the one hundred to one twenty dollar range. The expectations are the same. For both customers, they're both paying different price points, but they have the same expectation. So how do I deliver on that every day? You know, when, when they're definitely two separate models. So, you know, expect getting the customer's expectations aligned with what you can provide, whether it's a Disney government or the remodeling industry, you have to align those expectations or customers get disappointed, you know, real quick. Mm -hmm. Pete, you just, when you started off, you mentioned uh, customer service and then you were talking about customer experience almost is distinct. Uh, is there a difference? Yeah, and I, again, I heard that Victoria mentioned it earlier, and this is this is the new trend, and I don't think that we're going to go away from this. And here's what the main difference is, and I'll I'll put it more into a, into a story for you. So, if you're going to a big box store, whatever that may be, or maybe it's a movie theater, or maybe it's a doctor's office, whatever it is, we used to always focus on the customer service. So when I walk in the door. How does a person treat me? Do I get a good experience, a good relationship, a good talk with with the employee? And as long as that is good, then I've had a good customer service experience. Well, shifting to the year 2020, the, the customer experience is now when I get to the parking lot, is it clean? How does it look? How does it smell? Mm-hmm. Do you have light bulbs that are burned out outside your building? Then when I walk inside, does it smell like dirty mop water? And then <laughs> can, can I find what I'm looking for? And how are your shelves stocked? And, and then there's the customer service aspect. And then the experience continues when I get home. Do you send me a stupid survey that I have to fill out? And have you added me to your mailing list? And now my experience, while the customer service was good, the experience is killing me because now you're bombarding me because you asked for my email at the checkout and all these things are flooding. So that's ruining my experience. So I, I think as small business owners, we have to stop thinking about just when you're in front of me or on the phone with me. It's not just that service part. It's the experience all the way from your websites to to what your buildings look like to your customer service. Customer service is now just like one-tenth of the customer okay. experience. Right. So, that's what we have to be aware of. So customer service is one component of the entire experience. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did we come to make this shift? How did, how did people come to make that shift? Well, I think, you know, I keep going back to the internet. Um, We know so much more now and we communicate so much more now. And so you've got all of these uh, social media apps, like whether it be Yelp or whether it be Facebook or whether it be where people are telling you what they experienced. Back in the day, if someone had a good experience at Walt Disney World, they would come home and tell you about it. And and you might know what someone else had, but maybe not know. But now someone else goes out there and says, oh my word, when I was at Disney, I told them it was my birthday. And they 
personally grabbed Mickey Mouse and brought him to my room and he knocked on the door and four people say, so now the expectation has been raised because I've read that, that that happened to somebody somewhere. So now I'm expecting that where really that's just a one time magical moment, the right right person, right time. Oh my God. But, you know, all of this technology out there and people are, and the same thing's happening, I'm sure, in the remodeling industry. When you're choosing, people are writing who they're using and what they're using and so all of a sudden, one of your employees goes above and beyond, and you're like, that's great that you went above and beyond, but now the above and beyond has become the expectation for every other customer because they read about it, heard about How come I didn't get that same yeah. level of experience? So does so, that mean that creating those magical moments might be bad? Well, <laughs> it's, it's never bad, okay? It, it, it's never bad to go above and beyond for the customer, but it just makes our job as customer service providers that much more difficult. We have to keep our eyes open. And we talk about this a lot in local government, you know, fair versus equal. You know, are you treating somebody fair or are you treating them equal? And it, it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing in a customer service realm. I can, if we take a restaurant, for example, um, someone may get a free birthday cake, because it's their birthday. Someone else may have uh, slipped on the floor, and so I, 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 I give them free drinks or compliment. I'm sorry about your dad. Here's, here's some free drinks for you or whatever. That Those might not help the slipping. Things. But. Right, right. This is what I get for going off. off my, we've got a huge legal problem there. But, you know, they don't have to be the same. But, but I think that the expectation from the customer is, am I going to be cared about? Am I going to be treated like an individual? And are you going to treat me the way that you treat everybody else? doesn't mean the same, but it means I want to be treated the same as everybody else, which is exceed my expectations, right. exceed my expectations every day. Wow. I mean, it yeah. seems like that's almost something that you'd want to be uh, proactive about thinking about before you got too exceptional, you know, before you had too many exceptional moments, knowing that that could change the perception of the company. Are you prepared to keep it up? Yeah, it needs to be in either your mission, your vision, your value statement. If you have a small remodeling business, it needs to be part of your um, operating guidelines. So, you know, here, here's a simple example. So you go through, let, let's just take a small local remodel, not not even corporate. If someone comes in and their house is getting a new kitchen remodel or something like that. So you you deliver great service. But then at the end, you decide, hey, I'm going to send a personalized email to them. Hey, I'm going to take a picture of the before and the after and frame it and send it in a frame thing saying, hope you enjoy your new. So all of these things that you're doing, but once you do them now, that's the expectation. But you have to start thinking about what would be above and beyond this. And yes, we sent them a frame picture and this and all that. But what if we stopped by and put balloons on? What if we did, what if we followed up more often? So you you have to have this culture, almost like an innovative, creative culture that right. says, what does above and beyond look like in the year 2020 in my industry? Mm-hmm. Because that is what's going to keep your people from, you know, referring you and telling other companies about, right. telling, you know, that's this whole word of mouth thing is not just word of mouth anymore. It's like word of social media. Yeah. And you want to, you want to make sure people are sharing how great, how great that your, your small business is. Okay. Very cool. All right. So I, I know that you have something you call the three C's and you say that these are really important to help drive successful customer service at the Disney parks and so on. What, what is that? 
Well, the first one is consistency, and we've touched a little bit on that, but when you think about Disney, um, trying to give every single person a consistent experience is very difficult, so you train your employees to be empowered, make the right decisions, do what's best for the guests, but along the way, that's going to create some inconsistency, so what you have to do is put in place some just consistency. Uh, We have what's called... um, uh, seven guest service guidelines. There are four uh, guest service standards. There's all these things that are non-negotiable in your organization. So as far as being consistent, Disney employees, Disney cast members down there know they must make eye contact and smile. They have to greet and welcome each and every guest. They got to seek out guest contact. You can go through all all seven of those. But that's everybody goes through that training on day one that these are non-negotiable. Now how you how you exhibit those and how you display those in the workplace can be personalized. But these are not. So you have to give a consistent because, again, if you hire somebody who decides I'm not going to play by these rules and I, I'm not really going to play by it, it's too much extra work, then consistency fails and you fall apart. And then the service levels all fail. So consistency is number one, and especially at Disney, when you've got multiple theme parks and multiple resorts and multiple guests and all this, you've got to be consistent. OK, Absolutely. that's that's really interesting. All right. So that was one C, right? One second one is connections. Um, Disney lives, and D- Disney doesn't have a monopoly on this, but they live in the world of relationships. They want um, when people leave a Disney theme park, and like you said, some people love it or hate it, but those who hate it probably went on New Year's Eve or July Fourth, <laughs> yeah. so, something like <laughs> something like that. So, but if you go to a Disney theme park, you might come back and talk about. Oh, how great the attraction was, or Tower of Terror was awesome, or maybe this meal. But more than likely, you're going to come back and regale your friends with the story of, oh, my gosh, my little girl was crying, and the monorail driver came up and said, why are you crying? And she's like, I'm afraid of this. And so he gives her a button that says, first monorail pilot time, and lets her ride up front, and and he tells her it's all awesome, and she gets to blow the horn. And those are the, those are the stories that people like about disney and that's the that's the connections part that's the c if you can make a connection with each of your cast members yes the rides the shows all that yes when you're doing a remodel you're going to have all the great work but if you can make some type of emotional connection with your client or with your customer they want that just as much as they want the actual experience or the remodel or things like that you know, um, one of the things that when, when my daughter was younger that was – I'm thinking now that it was built around this connections idea are those lanyards that the staff members wear with the pins. The kids can go yep. up and exchange pins. Is that why that was designed to sort of – to really create an opportunity for those connections? Yeah, 110 percent um, with 0.1 percent being a retail strategy as well it's never about it's never about the profits though it's all about the relationship (laughs) but but yes the whole point was that give cast members a reason to talk to the little kids to interact here's a pin here's a pin oh i want to see this you're doing that uh here in alabama a lot of grocery stores are going to this and you, you might see this where you live is they tell people don't stand behind your counter anymore when there's nobody in line get at the end of the end cap go to the end of the you know, so that when people are walking up and down, they may have a question, they may ask you something. So we want you to be out there making connections okay. with people, yeah. not just standing behind the register the whole time. So yes, that was a huge connections initiative back around the uh, the year two thousand with pin trading. Oh, yep. that, yeah, that was very cool. You know, Pete, when um, when we were out when we were out there um, in Milwaukee, you you told a little story just because Victoria mentioned the pins. You told a story about you did a, a pin experiment. Do you want to share that? The, the light bulb? 
No, you had something removed as your experience. Oh, thank you. Okay, yes. So, <laughs> I tell so many stories, Victoria. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you know, Disney creates these connections also by providing pins to all the guest buttons, if you will. So, not the pin trading, but now you can get a button that says um, first visit or I'm celebrating an anniversary, or I'm celebrating a wedding, or just married. And the whole point is you wear the button as a guest, you wear the button to all the theme parks, and all the cast members know to look for these buttons and say, hey, happy anniversary. Hey, good to see. Oh, it's your birthday. And, and so it creates that that interaction. Well, I just recently, it's a true story, I, I had a wart uh, burned off. I, I had a wart lanced off of my finger. A week before, <laughs> oh man, I a can't. Week, I don't know where this is oh, going. <laughs> a week, a week, a week before I went to the park. So with my kids in tow, who were mortified, I walked up and the gentleman said, "Would you like a button?" I said, "Yes." He said, "What are you celebrating?" I said, "I'm celebrating my wart just got lanced off my hand." So he looked at me and I, I said, "This is true." And so he wrote on the button, first wart lanced." <laughs> That's what he was celebrating. So, of course, now my kids have run away. <laughs> I, I, I put the button on, and as I'm wearing it and walking through, again, just the training is incredible how these cast members will look at me and go, hey, you had a ward. Congratulations. That's great. I'm glad the ward is gone. Good. But then you had other cast members going, where was your wart? Because oh. I've got one now. Did you try WD-40? How does it hurt? Do you have a dermatologist? So we're having, I eventually had to take it off because we're having huge discussions about warts with all the <laughs> Disney cast members. But it just goes to show that they are trained well, that if people are wearing something, it's not just a button to have a button. It's a button to create a connection. Yes, that's great. Training. What a good story. Okay, so we got through um, consistency and connections. What's the third C? Oh, creativity. And this kind of ties into what we talked about earlier. Disney's not going to rest on their lawn. And not creativity from, like, attractions and shows. Yes, the new Star Wars and the and the, all, all the new attractions and movies are very creative. But creativity from a customer service perspective. How can we be more and more creative? And I think all of us, if we start at a very low base level, can look at our customer service strategies and say, or customer experience strategies and say, are we being creative enough? You know, and then someone might throw out ideas like we should, you know, we should, you know, have balloons and we should, we should do this. And, you know, I was telling, I was telling, I, th I think it was a real estate group earlier where I was telling them, what if your organization bought a hot air balloon, okay, and put your logo on a hot air balloon. And every time you got a new client, someone's full-time job in your company was to have a truck with a hot air balloon who was trained, drive to that new client's city and what the hot air balloon and then call them and go, hey, look out your window right now <laughs> and there's the name of the new company and well, we're glad to have you and all that. And they're like, oh, that's expensive. Oh, they can't do that. But I said, but is it a cool idea? They said, yeah. I said, that's the creativity you have to have. You can't squash good customer service ideas because you're thinking about budget or, or legal or finance. Be creative as you can and then work backwards from there as opposed to standing back and going, uh, let's just send an email. A thank you email will be sufficient enough. And I think with the customer experience, like I talked about, people are expecting more and more of that creativity in the customer service. So mm -hmm. how creative can you be with your customer service experience? That's what Disney does. All right. Good. Some good, some good tips there. That's really interesting because we have conversations regularly about how to – continue the connections we call it um you know we call it the glue or bonding with our yes. members and you know and how do we continue to build on that and at some point you wonder if you're just 
throwing spaghetti at the wall and it's not, you know, it's not necessary to be that creative or things are, you know, how do you sort of know when it's time to really think about changing things up and, and adding creativity? Yeah. Well, and again, I, I learned this from Disney. It's all about data. It's all about measurements. Sometimes things are fun to do just because they're fun to do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, just like, and this is a great example, um, just like the lanyard and the pin trading, that's a great idea. But at the end of the day, if it's going to cost the company money and they're going to lose red, they're probably not going to do it. Now that you can prove that pin sales will go up by this, oh, and by the way, then it sort of adds value. So when you're looking at your organization, are you starting to lose customers? Are, are you not getting as many people to, 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 to join your professional organization in this group as you are in this group? And why is this state higher? And so Disney just drilled metrics and measurement into me from day one. And so that's what we do here in our training classes as well. When we're trying to decide what training classes to add and what not to add here in local government, we're, we're, we're measuring and which ones are most popular and what do you need and what can we add? And so we can't live in a bubble and just, like you said, throw spaghetti and say, let's be creative. We really have to have some data. So you need to look at, look at your numbers, look at your metrics. What are you trying to accomplish? And then if you're saying, man, we're, we don't have enough people in the Milwaukee group as we have in this group or whatever. Now let's get in a room and now let's talk about what would this group possibly need and bring in some, some really clever ideas. So that's really an important point, I think, for all these companies to, to look at the data, look at what, what's making a difference to the client or the guest in the Disney case. And that, it's not just being creative for, creati- for creativity's sake. It's, right. it's based on hard facts. You know, some small businesses, it's challenging to collect the kind of data that a Disney would. Do you have yes. any suggestions on things that small business well, owners could look for? Well, first thing you want to do is join organizations like yours. Plug, plug. You know, because again, <laughs> thank because you for that. There are, Checks in the mail. There are, because there are there are resources at organiza- professional organizations like that who can do some of the deep work for you. Yes. The second thing I found out is you'd be surprised how much free research is being done out there constantly by groups like Gallup, by groups like really? you know, uh, yeah, who are just out there. And sometimes they put a, 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 a subscription price on things, but a lot of times you can go to places like the Pew Research Company or Gallup or places. And again, maybe you're just going to get some trend data on, you know, what people are looking for just in general. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you might get some specific stuff on the the number of remodels and, you know, this is going up and this is going down. And then you can you you can make some educated guesses without having to pay too much money to kind of get that information. But from, from a small business perspective, if you're not doing a simple five-question follow-up survey mm-hmm. after your remodels with your organizations, then you're missing out on – because people, people aren't going to just give you that information. Unless, unless they ask, because especially at the end of a remodel, I've been through a kitchen remodel. I've been, I'm, I'm working a building now that's going through a corporate remodel. And a lot of times you just kind of roll your eyes and go, let's just get through it. Let's just get through it. Let's just get through it. And then all of a sudden, when you finish, you really wanted to tell them that this one thing ticked you off, but you're so glad that the project's <laughs> over <laughs> that you're just like, thank you. Thank you. It's fine. And so if, if you don't send out that sort of five question, either, not a 15 question, not a 30 question, not a hundred question, something short that you can collect the data yourself start getting that from survey monkey is free y'all create a simple five question how was your experience what did you like where could we have done better what do you wish would and and get that after every single thing you do it doesn't cost anything but you can definitely see trends as you go through pete do you see a comparison 
something that we could bring this really home to our listening audience um, between the magic of, of a Disney vacation and the magic of remodeling. Oh, absolutely. And this is, you know, when I talk about Disney, there's very few organizations that push back on, you know, this idea of magic. Healthcare does it the most. You know, healthcare will say things like, people don't wake up and go, I can't wait to have my colonoscopy today. You know, I can't wait to go get my surgery. So how do we, Pete, how do we add magic in there? Um, and, and you can't, I think in remodeling, it, it aligns well with this idea of magic because a lot of remodels, and, and, and you all correct me, most of them are probably done by choice. Most people aren't being forced into them. Is that I would say that's yes. a correct yes. guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, so, so right away, you've got a you, you, you've got a vested consumer. You've got a consumer who has chosen to do business with you. Not they're being forced to by the government or something is happening. So they want something to become bigger, better, whatever. The magic happens when the project is 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 over. And they look back at what was and what could have been and then what currently is. I think that that's a magical thing. Mm-hmm. It happens, too, in education all the time. Uh, maybe I'm the first person to ever go to college. That can be a magical experience. Maybe this is the first time in, in, in the real estate business of me buying a home. This is my first home. That's a magical experience mm-hmm. to have your first home. A remodel can be a magical experience as long as you are consistent, build those connections and are creative it can be a magical experience. Disney doesn't have a, have a monopoly on magic. So you guys can do this. That's awesome. So we are, I think we do a pretty decent job on Power Tips Unscripted of, of the three C's. One of the first C, the consistency, this is non-negotiable. It's the lightning round. <laughs> yes, very well played, sir. Well played. And now here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Yes, everybody gets this. <laughs> okay, we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Pete, are you ready? Let's do it. What's your favorite business book and why? I'm going to answer that uh, incorrectly by giving you three. Do not go through your life without reading How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, Seven Habits to Highly Effective uh, uh, People by uh, Stephen Covey, and uh, 21 Laws of Irrefutable Leadership by John Maxwell. Those will never, ever... The, the Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People was written years ago. Yeah. Years, hundreds of years ago. And it's still relevant today. Go. Sorry, those are my three. If you weren't leadership and service expert, what do you think you'd be doing? My wife always goes nuts because I would love to open a food and beverage style. And, and she's like, you, you, food and beverage, could be, it's part of the creativity. I would love to be involved in some type of local food and beverage with a restaurant that's themed and it changes with the seasons and the menu changes. And there's a restaurant called Seasons that does that now. But What are you not very good at? Listening. <laughs> You're... I'm sorry. I had a conversation <laughs> with my wife this morning about this. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Appreciate that. So yeah, apparently, apparently. Now I'm a I'm a I'm an okay listener, but those of you who know personality styles and, and and profiles and all this, I'm a I'm a high D. I'm a big red. I'm an ENTJ. Whatever your person is, so I'm always go 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 go. And I sometimes I I forget to take time and just stop and just listen to other people's points of view. So I know that's an area of opportunity that I constantly have to work on. Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely cleaning out my car first. If you could have one song play every time you walked into a room, what would it be? 
I don't know. I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan, but I also love Tom Petty Free Fallen. Mm-hmm. But there's also some squirrel nut zippers to go really crazy on you <laughs> that, that, that I like. But probably Free Fallen by Tom Petty. What's your favorite game show? Oh, uh, Wheel of Fortune, because I was on Wheel of Fortune Ooh. years Get ago. Get out of here. For you. I, yeah, I was on Wheel of Fortune. Loved it. Loved <laughs> it. So I definitely still watch it to this day. Well, this has been great. So... We appreciate you being here. You gave us a lot of really good tips. Now, before you leave, though, before we let you go, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Absolutely. Here's what I'm going with. Be nicer than everyone else. Be nicer Excellent. than everyone else. It's um, it's something I've taken on this year. It's one of my goals slash resolutions for 2020. Um, I think going into a political year, going into an election year, the way that social media has taken us, you can watch anything on TV, you can go on Facebook, you can go on these sites and you just see how how just nasty we are to each other, how just rude we are to each other, how just common manners have kind of gone away. And we can all agree to disagree, but we can all do it in a very nice way. So mine is be nicer than everyone else. All right, great. great. So, so Pete, if people want to learn more about how to improve their customer service and customer experience, uh, where would they go? Yeah, everything is on my website. It's PeteBlank.com, P-E-T-E-B-L-A-N-K, PeteBlank.com. There's a place on there when you can sign up for a free weekly uh, video email from me. So I'll shoot out a weekly video leadership lesson or customer service lesson, two minutes long, right to your email. A lot of articles on there you can look at, some some webcasts you can look at. Uh, I try to only use LinkedIn from a social media. I'll, I'll dabble in Facebook, but please follow me on LinkedIn if you'd like to. Just look up my name, Pete Blank. But most of it's on my website at PetePlank.com. Love to help you out in any way I can. Thank you so much for being here. You've been a wonderful guest, and we very much appreciate it, and we'd love to have you back again someday. Thanks so much. Best of luck to you and all your listeners in 2020. Go out and give give great service this year and be nicer than everyone else in 2020. Go get them. Thanks, Pete. That's great. Thank Same you. to you. So that was fun. Yeah. You know, you got to like guests that are so upbeat and positive and it's fine. I wasn't really good. Were you getting D from that? Uh, no, I, I'm I definitely getting... I, right? I We're would... talking about the disc personality <laughs> yeah. profiles. Yeah. Definitely an I, man, off the charts. But, you know, good combo. He covers up all that D with that really nice, fun I stuff. So, you know, what I found was interesting was um, the the differentiation between fair versus equal. Mm-hmm. When he was saying, are you treating someone fair or are we treating them equal? Yeah. And that was kind of an interesting. It was some really cool little interesting tidbits on that. Yeah, like the whole bit about customer service being only one small component. Of, of the, the customer of experience. Of the full experience. And yeah, it absolutely makes the, sense, right? And it would change the vernacular when you're speaking in your own company to your staff, to yeah. clients, you know. It's not just about that. It's the whole the whole kit and caboodle, the experience. It's, that's very interesting. The other thing I thought was fascinating and just so true was, yeah, you think of Disney, you think of creativity. But behind all of that is the data. Right. Right. I mean, and, you know, that's something that kind of resonates with me because, you know, I tend to be the creative kind of guy. Right. And sometimes you want to do something just because it's cool. Yeah. When, you know, still, I still want to do it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, basing it on something mm-hmm. a little bit more Other than, grounded. Than, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, hey, it'd be really cool for us to do that, wouldn't it? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's go. All right. But yeah, yeah it, it, should, it shouldn't always have to rely on profit center and money, mm-hmm. but it should not be a detriment to your company and not just for the sake of nothing. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was so, interesting. Yeah, so overall, I think it was a great episode, and uh, it was really, I appreciate him taking the time to connect with all of us. That was good. All right, well, as always, we want to thank you for joining us week in and week out. We certainly want to thank Pete Blank for taking the time out of his day to give us a little inside a knowledge little Disney on magic. A little Disney magic, right? Yeah, yeah that was good. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. We'll see you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.